Before we start this episode, just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus. Um, you know, we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe. Uh, but as well as that, just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working, supporting the communities, whether it is um, frontline workers in the medical field like doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals, whether it is teachers who are still out there teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers, um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 26 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast. Well, we're well and truly getting ready for our redraft and our Keeper League drafts. And of course, the start of the season. Over the coming weeks, we're going to be doing divisional breakdowns of all four teams in every all eight of the divisions and talking through primarily the offensive players on those, but also DSTs and also individual defensive players as well. Uh, for those of you who are getting ready for those drafts. Uh, but before we get started with me, I have Mo. Hey, hey. Mo is in the UK now, right? Oh, yes, you know it. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to do a British accent, but I would just butcher it. So I'm not oh, you failed, it. yes. <laughs> we also have Chiggs. Giddy up. And we have Paul. Evening all. Evening all. Uh, right, so quick shout out to the DC presidents. I know we've mentioned uh, on the last couple of episodes that we've worked with them on the Twitter Britball Cup. I've been talking to Buck about some ideas uh, you know, for future uh, things we can do together with the Fumble Recovery Podcast and DC Presidents. Uh, and of course, looking forward to competing with Buck in, in our first fantasy league as well, which is the IDP League. We still owe him a challenge as well, which I've been thinking a little bit about. So maybe we can uh, we can get that ready for next week's episode. Yes, that sounds like a good, sounds like a good plan. And of course, it's only a matter of days before the three of us are going to be drafting in our first keeper league so paul runs this league so me you paul of course and chigs uh i mean i have to mention i'm the current champion of it <laughs> <laughs> nice little segue there that's, yeah, uh, my that, name's that, on that, the trophy i mean that, that's uh, only because i'm not in the league i mean there's, there's three of us in this in in the podcast that are in the league and i think two of us have had their hands on the trophy and there's one that hasn't actually technically three of us have had their hands on the trophy i've, <laughs> I've delivered it to several people <laughs> <laughs> I've just never got to own it. Right, so with that nice segue, we'll start with the West, uh, and we'll start with the AFC West. Hell, because I support the Broncos, let's start with the Broncos. So I'll, I'll run through the offensive talent first and just get your views on anyone you're targeting, particularly with a view on redraft and keeper leagues but also if there's anyone you think still represents good value for Dynasty as well. So we've got Drew Locke, QB, backed up by Jeff Driscoll. Notable running backs are Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, and Royce Freeman. Notable wide receivers, you have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, KJ Hamler, latter of both which were drafted this year. You've also then got Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, and potentially 
someone like Deontay Spencer, although he's more of a, a return specialist. And then on the tight ends, you've got Noah Fant, Nick Vanette, who played for the Seahawks, and then Albert O, I'm just going to stick to, because I don't want to butcher pronouncing his name uh, on this episode. So starting with that then, uh, Chiggs, any players on the Broncos that you think you might be targeting in your keeper league? Let's say it's half PPR. Yeah, days. so I think there's obviously a distinction we probably should make super flex and, and you know regular one QB leagues because Drew Locke's someone I really like um, as my QB2 in a super flex league, whether that's for dynasty or redraft. Yeah. Um, even in a keeper league, if I was you know looking to pick up a second quarterback and you're keeping him in the sort of round you drafted him in, so say the, if I can get Drew Locke in the 15th as my backup QB with the view that I could potentially keep him, I like his upside a lot. You know, obviously they've added a lot of offensive talent for him. Um, see Jerry, Jerry Judy in the draft. They picked up Melvin Gordon. See um, Cortland Sutton, you know, had another good year last year. So they've built some chemistry. Noah Fant. So I think Drew Locke's probably the one who I think has got the most upside uh, mm. for me, you know, for someone I'm drafting. In a standard one QB league, I probably still wouldn't go for him. Um, he's more of a streaming type streaming kind of guy but you know he, he, I don't think he's got the same sort of upside as someone like Patrick Mahomes you know a couple of years ago you drafted whoever it was as your first QB and you take Patrick Mahomes as the late pick as a flyer mm. I'm not <laughs> saying Drew Locke's going to give you that level of performance but he's I the wonder, kind of guy that, you know you can potentially I wonder what I missed then when you just said you don't think Drew Locke's going to be as good as Patrick Mahomes I was like what? <laughs> Sorry, how do I get on this bet? Because I'm pretty sure you're right on that. But there must be. <laughs> yeah, hot take, take there, guys. Hot take. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you're, you're offering odds there, Chiggs. Yeah. I, I'm not, no. <laughs> um, I, think, I think the other thing to just, um, I'll probably point out about the Broncos offense. I, you know, I really like um, Melvin Gordon. Um, obviously, talent wise and situation now, I think, I think he will be the lead back there. He's obviously going to have some of his working and eaten into by Philip Lindsay, but he proved last year as well with Austin Eckler having such a big workload um, in LA, he can still give you decent numbers. Um, Jerry Judy's the guy I'd be avoiding in um, in a redraft league. Now, I don't know where he's going ADP-wise, and it probably is reflected in that, but obviously, dynasty league-wise, probably the second wide receiver off most people's boards in rookie drafts. I just don't think he's going to give you any real value this year in a, you know, in a in a redraft. Yeah. So you mentioned Melvin Gordon and Mo. I'll ask you. So looking at half PPR scoring, the players around Melvin Gordon from an ADP perspective. So the three players being taken ahead of him are Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, and Leonard Fournette. And I'm talking just RBs here, not not all players. And then the players just after. In fact, no. Before him, you've got. Chris Carson as well, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Leonard Fournette. And then just after Melvin Gordon, you've got Todd Gurley, Lev Bell, and James Conner. So based on that ADP, do you think that sounds about right? Or would you be taking Gordon ahead of Fournette, Carson, or CEH? I, I think he's about right. Um, I, I would take Melvin over probably CEH and and Carson, but I don't think I would take him over um 
Fournette or um, Miles Sanders or uh, even Eckler. Eckler, Eckler yeah. Uh, I could maybe see taking him over Eckler, but I think it, I think that little bunch right there, you can make an argument for or against any of those running backs. Um, so I, I would say he's he's about the right place, and I actually like him as a as a late flyer because I mean you know as Chiggs mentioned, even with Eckler, you know doing as well as he you know even starting off the campaign last year as well as he did once Melvin Gordon got on the field, you know he still put up good solid numbers, and and I, and, I, and I don't personally believe Lindsey's as good as Eckler it was, especially in the passing game. So um, I, I think Melvin Gordon is actually going to be. I think where his ADP is going, I think he's about right. Um, I would put him ahead of Carson just because of injury problem issues, and um, uh, but uh, I, I think he, I think he's just where he needs to be. I, I do love him as a fly, as late line power, and I'm actually one thing I'm going to beg to differ on on Chiggs is I think I think um, I think QB Lock is going to have uh, MVP MVP type of year this year. I think he's going to be. He's one of my sleepers this year as as a kind of kind of like a Patrick Mahomes breakout. Granted, nowhere near Patrick Mahomes numbers. Um, there's there's you know the, the skill play is not as good, but he's his numbers are going to be great. And like he's one of my QBs that I'm like I I, I don't plan to draft a QB in a redraft league in the first ten rounds. Honestly, I think there's so many ta- so much talent you can get off the waiver wire. And um, I mean I think Luck's going to be one of those players that may not even get drafted. Lock is sorry. And um, yeah, yeah, he'll be I, solid. I definitely won't get drafted. Which, which, I, in a super flex, he will. And I think you know, as Chiggs mentioned, ideal late round uh, QB pickup. Um, but I, yeah, I think honestly, and I think he's gonna, he's one of my sleepers between him and Daniel Jones. Um, I think those two are probably gonna be my, like, I guess, second year QBs that have the most potential uh, of a breakout season this year. All right, just, just, just to clarify, right? sorry. You did. You don't disagree with me then, because that's pretty much what I was saying. <laughs> oh, oh, well, well, uh, well, I guess not. I guess if you're pra- comparing Patrick Mahomes, no, but yeah, yeah. Then I agree. I agree. I think he's. If you want, if you want a Denver player, Broncos player, it's him. And then I'll put, I'll put Noah Fant, and it's pure based on ADP. And then third, I'll probably go Melvin Gordon. Those are the only three I really care for. Sutton, I think his ADP is quite a little too high with Jerry Judy there now. Um, uh, but uh, again, Sutton's going to be a solid stud player. He, he, the problem, his ADP is just a little too high for my liking. One thing I would say about Jerry Judy, he's going at wide receiver forty-five. Now, I appreciate this is season-long leagues, and we've mentioned in keeper leagues, particularly where you get to keep a player for the round you drafted them in. I think he could represent great value if you can get him around round nine, ten, eleven, and then you get to keep him for the next few years at that round. I think that represents great value. Now, I agree he might be hampered by the lack of preseason and, um, you know, the OTAs and such that the rookies have. But I look at another Alabama receiver, Calvin Ridley, and for all intents and purposes, Jerry Judy's blown Ridley's numbers out of the water. Both both seem to be elite route runners as well. And, you know, so Jerry Judy, just from what the scouts say, obviously you have to prove yourself, but seen as a, almost a better version Calvin Ridley and while I think he, him and all rookies may suffer with the lack of training I think if you're in a keeper league you might want to try and snag someone like him or a lamb where they'll give you future value and maybe just ride them on the bench for a while the, the problem you've got with that strategy is and I, I do like it um, I did it last year with Debo Samuel I took him in the 15th um, last year but the problem is is that you are never going to have like bye weeks, injuries and stuff. And that carrying that roster spot 
um, becomes quite tight. Now, if they start giving you production early on, you can kind of run with it. But if they're not doing anything in, say, the first four to six weeks, you get to that point where you think maybe you've got to start dropping them. And as soon as you do that, someone picks them up and then they've got that value now. So if you're going to do it, I'd say if you're going to drop them, try and trade them, if, if um, you know, for that value in the 15th, if you can. You know? future value, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks for that. So we'll go on to the existing Super Bowl champions, the Chiefs, next. And Chiefs player, so QB, Patrick Mahomes. Sure, you might have heard of that guy. R- running backs, uh, Clyde Edwards-Zilaire and Damian Williams. You've also got likes of Darwin Thompson, DeAndre Washington, but those two are the main ones. Wide receivers, got Tyreek Hill, Mikhail Hardman, Sammy Watkins, and then also Demarcus Robinson uh, there. And then at tight end, Travis Kelsey and um, Ricky Seals-Jones. So let's just talk about the the Chiefs then. I mean, I think it goes without saying on Patrick Mahomes, QB1, redrafts, keepers, dynasty, superflex, non-superflex. He's probably getting drafted in the first three rounds, um, in even in one QB leagues. Do you not He's think it's... That. It might be a bit easier in this team to pick people you, you wouldn't draft. Here's a question for you, though. Right? So Mo made the point about not taking a QB um, until like late after, till round 10 onwards, right? Which, which I completely agree with. You know, I always yeah, wait on my QB. If Patrick Mahomes was sitting there in, say, the fourth round when it came to your turn to pick, do you pass up on him there? I would. Fifth? Like, where, where, where becomes the point? Where, where does Patrick Mahomes slide to? Where you think, okay... Sorry? Sorry, go on, Chicks. Oh, no, I was thinking, well, how, how far does he have to slide yeah, for, you reach for him? I am I'm, I'm t- I mean, in previous years, in one QB leagues, the likes of Aaron Rodgers, the likes of Russell Wilson, were all drafted top three to four rounds. So I think I'm probably taking Mahomes anywhere from around the three, four, three, five onwards. So depending on my draft spot, basically I'm saying I'm probably taking him in the third. Now, if I'm, you know, pick 3.1, 3.2, 3.3, i.e. I've got the first, mm. one of the first three picks in in my draft, I'm probably looking to see who else is still available because you're talking the top 27 players there and and there's a lot of offensive potentially elite players there who you so, can get correct that's so let's, my view. Well, well yeah let's just, let's just take a 12 team 12 team uh league you have uh for the first four rounds 48 first 48 best players are gone so after that okay so would you be looking at uh a Devonte parker uh at the, you know a ty hilton or uh, you know a Bell Melvin Ingram versus versus uh, Patrick Mahomes. See for me that's an easy one. I'll take Mahomes over all of those guys in the fourth yeah. there because I think I can I can fill the value from you know from a wide receiver like a Devonte Parker or something. I think the third is where it gets interesting. You know where you have that sort of Adam Thielen Leonard Fournette kind of range where you know I still think they offer enough value. Which you probably can't replicate later on. And um, it's going way, to be yeah. at the moment, right? He, I think what I'm seeing. 
He's I was going to say his ADP is pick he's... 19. It's the middle of the yeah. second. Yeah. yeah, no way. Yeah, I, I would never take that. Light. In which case, if he goes late third, I'll take him. <laughs> I, I think I would wait till fifth round. I, I, somewhere late late fourth to fifth round for me is what, I'm, is what I would say, wait for. And what which, about... I, there's no way he's going to get there, honestly. So Yeah. Uh, this thing. I think it depends on your league right as well. Like Generally, you know, the league we're in, people reach for QBs early. Mm. And a lot of people tend to almost draft on the basis that they want to lock up the best player available at each position before then targeting depth. Yeah. So you know Mahomes are going to go in the second or potentially even the first, knowing Dan. I can't wait uh, to see where Aaron <laughs> Rodgers goes. Yeah. So excited to see if he still goes in the first round. Yeah, just a bit of background for the listeners. Um, there's a guy in our league, so we get to keep two our first two round picks in um in the league and this year it's resetting but he always keeps Aaron Rodgers as his first round pick. <laughs> he doesn't crazy. want to risk losing him even though could get him so much later. Yeah. Crazy. We've talked about the obvious we've talked about the obvious ones and I think Tyree kills another obvious player as well, you know, is arguably top three, top four receiver uh in, in the league. But what, what about PPR that? though? Would you would you say that same thing for PPR? What what's the question? Who would you say X or Y? You know him or who? Yeah, so we, obviously for me, if I was taking people, Michael Thomas, my number one wide receiver. Yep, agreed. Uh, redraft, I'd have Julio at number two. Okay. Um, Devonte Adams at number three. Fine. So and I would probably take Nuke at number four ahead of Tyreek Hill. Mm. So mine goes Michael Thomas, then DeAndre Hopkins, then Tyreek Hill, and then Devontae Adams, personally. So you haven't got Julio in your top top five? Uh, top four? He's he's fifth, not top four. Yeah, I'd, not got, top four. I'd have him four. I'd go to, uh, Thomas, Adams, Hopkins, and then Julio, and then Tyreek. So, so, so what's your... I mean, we're probably jumping ahead to this. You can probably cover it in a bit more detail there, but... Julio at five, obviously, if you look at his finishes over the last uh, many years, he's, he's perennially a top three, top two, even top one wide receiver. Yeah. Is it just his age and injury concern you're thinking there? Or? Yeah, it, it's it's age. It's the lack of, you know, the preseason. Uh, and I think for the elder players, they kind of need to get into game shape a bit more. Uh, I look at someone like Tyreek Hill. I think he is a bit of a you know, free Catholic just with the speed he carries. And he's got such a connection with Patrick Mahomes. We saw that in the Super Bowl when the chips were down. You know, he launched that bomb and found Tyreek Hill. And it's just, I think someone like a Tyreek Hill, I think someone like a Michael Thomas need less of a preseason to get going. I think even someone like a Devontae Adams just need to build up because he's not, he's not a naturally really quick play he's obviously big bodied he's obviously an elite receiver and we're talking you know minuscule differences here but for me yeah I, I have Thomas Nuke just because he's going to be in an air raid system where they're going to pass a lot and you know he's got uh, Kyler as a QB who I really like as a quarterback and then yeah I go Tyreek third personally I think the what curious ones I was uh, intrigued with and this is keeper and redraft question Sammy Watkins or Mikal Hardman? Are you interested in either of those, let's say, as your wide receiver four? So it's not somebody you need to start, but someone you can 
keep on the bench and plug in. Mika Harden for me, I wouldn't touch Sammy Watkins with a barge pole. <laughs> is, that, is that why you traded him to Paul? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what it is, right? The thing with Sammy Watkins is I think he's a I think he's a very good player. Um you know, when you see his playoff numbers and it's fantastic, but in a uh, in a league, you the amount of times I just didn't feel confident starting him, mm. you know, he blew up in week one last year, I think with three touchdowns in 150, 200, I don't know, it's a, it's a monster game. And then after that, it was terrible. But the problem is, is that you're stuck with him, right? Because he plays for the Chiefs. You're thinking, this guy could have that big week that's going to put you over the edge. And it just never came. I just, I just I'd prefer to take a, a safer option somewhere else. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm not a massive fan of his. I've been burnt by him so many times. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it, as I said, definitely wouldn't want to rely on Mikol or Sammy as a starter. But if they're your fourth or fifth receiver, I'm, I think I'm okay with that personally. You know who I do love though is draft wise, ADP wise, Damian Williams. I think yeah. he's by far going to be the biggest steal. In a, in a redraft for sure. In a redraft, yeah. Sorry, in a pure I, redraft I, I, league. Exactly that. I I think Ceh is being overdrafted in a redraft league. Um, he's going ADP 28. I agree. Which, yep. You know, well, I think we, we've covered this before, right? With the lack of preseason. It's know. really funny because I, 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 ne- I never want rookies and I really want to draft him. And I desperately hope it doesn't, he doesn't end up falling to a point where I can't quite resist it. Because, you know, he, I know I, I totally agree. I don't think this will be his, you know, I don't think he'll have a massive blowout year just because of the situation. Um, and I, as in by situation, I mean lack of preseason. But yeah. if he falls to me and I pass on him, I know I blow up massively. <laughs> this is the thing, right? If it's, if it's a keeper league, you, you, you take him, right? Because ultimately, I think for me, he will be a top. He'll, he'll be a running back one, you know, in future years. Mm. So to, to lock him up now, if you have a pick in the second or third round, locking that value, absolutely. Um, if you're going to do that, I would recommend taking Damien Williams as you know later on he's going uh, ADP of 88 so yeah. you could take CEH and pair with Damien Williams yeah I like that actually because okay. he's so late and yeah. I forgot to ask earlier but are you taking either of the DSTs of the Chiefs or the Broncos at all I, I would generally try and stream I don't like to take mm. particularly now we've reduced the defensive scoring in your league, absolutely. Yeah, and I know this is sort but of just... In a more generic league, I think it's even less important. You know, normally you're, you're getting half a dozen points. Um, I don't want to take them until the 14th. And even yeah. then, sometimes I'll wait. Particularly mm-hmm. this year, I might not take a kicker or a defence until actually it goes through. I'd rather have sort of handcuffs just in case people are... Um, you know, get COVID the week before and suddenly can't play the first week or three weeks and then I can, you know, make make the appropriate moves at that point. Oh, yeah, I love that move by Paul. I think that's a great move. Don't don't draft a QB. Uh, I mean, sorry, don't draft a kicker. Uh, just stream one later unless you want, you're aiming for the elite ones. Another thing I like that people forget about in keeper leagues, why would you waste a pick on a defense and a kicker when you know most likely you're going to hit the waiver wire for them? Go ahead and use it on a player. And then, yeah. yeah, sure, you have to drop them, but at least you have them saved at that at that at that spot. 
And it, for me, it depends on the size of the league. You know, we've only we're only in a ten-team league here, and we only have fifteen spots, I think. So, one hundred and fifty players we're taking. You know, it's there's a decent chunk of people still available in those last two rounds. You know, the last one hundred and thirty to one hundred and fifty. There's some still decent players where you yeah. Can, you know, the ironic oh, thing is, is that in that league, a lot of people take two QBs and two DSTs, right? Yeah. So, actually, there's suddenly like sixteen to eighteen DSTs go, and then you're like. Actually, I can't really stream because actually <laughs> what's left is a load of rubbish. Yeah. And people don't have this pre- uh, tendency to drop them in the league either. So this, this is what I, I would never normally reach for a DST. But in this league, sometimes you kind of have to just because you know your league mates. Yep. And we all know how many points the Patriots got last year in that league. That's why we've had to calm down again. Stop any of that ridiculousness happening again. <laughs> I, know, I, I know it's not the AFC West, but this is kind of hot breaking news from today so i think as of now six patriots defensive players have uh, opted out for the season correct so uh is that bill just being oh yeah thank for trevor than everyone else again or thanking for trevor um, thank for uh, trevor I, I guess a quick sidetrack then on an idp standpoint hightower is gone quite drafted early in most leagues who are you taking to replace i know in our league that we just drafted all the replacements have been taken but is there one def- linebacker that you prefer over any other? Yeah, and I think the because the because the Patriots rotate a lot in terms of personnel and formation. The packages. So yep. Their their defensive players didn't actually get much love in our IDP league, did they? Um, I'm not sure if Hightower even got drafted. I know yeah, Patrick he, he Chung. Did. He, he did. Drafted, okay. Yeah. I can't but, remember you know, drafted him or I just missed him. I'm I'm reluctant to look. I think it was Buck, and uh, he also got one of the backups as well. Right, okay, fine. Um, but we were saying this before, you're going to need to play the waiver wire, and that's going to reward those who are most well-prepared um, You know, for situations like this, ultimately. Cool, so we move on to the next team, which for, uh, will be the Raiders. So on the Raiders... You have quarterback Derek Carr and uh, Marcus Mariota there. You have running back Josh Jacobs and then a couple of backups, Jalen Richard, Lynn Bowden Jr., uh, who they just drafted. At receiver, you've got Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, (laughs) Terrell Williams, and Nelson Aguilar of note. And then, of course, at tight end, you have Darren Waller, the veteran Jason Witten, and you have Foster Moreau and Nick Leary as well. So, uh, Mo, I'll start with you. Any players you're targeting in a redraft format from the I Raiders? Love, uh, Josh Jacobs. I think he's he, one, right? He's he's. I think he's going to be a. You know, I think he's going to be a first rounder the next year. Um, he, I think he's an elite back, and he's going to get the touches. He did well in his rookie year. Um, you know, I, I believe they. They upgrade on the line. Uh, they have upgrade. You, know, you have speed on the outside with rugs. It's gonna that's gonna stop people from you know putting an extra man in the box. Uh, they're gonna have to have a safety out there in the back, um, you know, to watch rugs for the home run. But I think Josh Jacobs is gonna have a monster year this year. Um, I, I think I will probably reach. I will probably be reaching for him in the second round if I have like an early second round pick. Um, I think most ADP he's probably going late, mid to late second. And um, I would be reaching for him uh, probably early second if if I could, if I had the option to at that point. Um, I'm hoping he falls, but uh, I don't think he should get past the second round. He's going to have a monster year. As him as um, 
uh, ADP of 10. Oh, really? Wow. Huh. In, in standard, that is... Uh, Nine in half PPR, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess he's he's going where he's going. I think I think some of the ones I was looking at, I thought it was mid-second. But, yeah, uh, later as well. Last yeah, half, half PPR, he's uh, going 14. Okay. Well, yeah, no, that's, 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 I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Jacobs and of Ruggs. I mean, I, you know, I, I've, I think he's going to, he's going to have a great career. Um, redraft wise, probably not the ideal pickup, but, uh, um, I think in a keeper league, late fire on him and definitely dynasty. Um, I think he's going to, he's going to be a beast for that offense. See, I, I actually think, I so I see avoid rookies, you know, um, especially with this season and stuff, especially the wide receiver position. I think you could make an argument for Henry Ruggs being the Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rager probably being the two guys. I think, you know, and you can argue the toss and non Rager, but I think for me, both of them have got the opportunity. You know, you, you think they haven't got anyone else really there, so Ruggs should be their number one wide receiver. I mean, you've got Tyrell Williams um, and Darren Darren Wall is their main main receiver, right? So yeah. Ruggs opportunity wise could give you some value, even in a rookie season. Yeah, so where, where do you rank Waller amongst your tight ends then? His ADP is tight end 5 uh, overall of 54. As we discussed in our IDP startup, I actually traded up to get him because I thought there was a tear break after him. I know that was Dynasty and this is redraft, but how do you see Waller for this year? Do you think he'll still be very productive? Yeah, I, I actually have him. That's probably probably ranking wise in redraft around there. Actually, you probably got mm. Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, and Ertz ahead of him. Yep. And then Waller for me is the next guy. You know, in a redraft league, I think longer term, obviously TJ Hawkinson, now a fan probably for me, but definitely uh, for this season, Darren Waller's a uh, you know, or maybe Evan Engram. Probably, uh, probably Engram and um, Waller are that sort of um, that. That tier for me. Paul, who do you rather have for uh, your tight end? Waller or Waller, Hunter Henry or Evan Ingram? Hmm. I, I think probably Waller as well, actually. Mm. But, you know, I'm, I'm slightly torn. I quite like picking a Vegas player. It's always nice to be able to go and watch him at home, even if it's mm. from a park that's shut, but still be in Vegas. But I, I, I still think Gronk will surprise people. Wait, there's a there's a bet on that, isn't there? There is, so. yeah. <laughs> he's 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 going um six now. Really? Yeah. Well, the last last one I saw, he was going six above wow. Ingram and Hurst. So another question then, seeing as you said you wouldn't trust rookies too much, and I think we all like Brian Edwards, but you know he's not going to get much of a opportunity potentially this year. So does Terrell Williams or Hunter Renfro hold value then for you? Or redraft as as you know late round value. To be honest, those kind of guys for me, I can pick up on waivers. Yeah, I, I, I actually like Hunter Renfro um, as a sleeper, um, but he's definitely a guy I think I can pick up on waivers. You know, so okay, if I take him as my in the in the fifteenth as a as a flyer, maybe. Yep. My my worry about about the whole team is who's going to be throwing a ball and where's it going to land. <laughs> you know, there's, there's some talent there that you'd, you'd it'd be much far higher ranked if... Um... See, I was going to say, I, 
I was going to end on the Raiders and say I think Carr could hold really good late round or even streaming value. Yeah. People forget he was on course for an MVP season uh, before he got injured, you know, as the Raiders made the playoffs only a few years ago. And uh, last year they thought they had AB and he sort of left. Now they've added offensive talent. Everyone talks about Drew Locke and what you know the Broncos have added, but can't be forgotten that the Raiders have also added offensive talent and given him better protection on the line as well. So I think Carr's one to watch out for. I would I would agree. I think I think he's got talent. I liked him to start with. I just don't think they still like him. The, the problem I think you've got Derek Carr is, I think, dynasty-wise, for me, his value's massive hit because I think you're right. I, I think the Raiders do want to move away from him. I, you know, he, he has to really deliver this year, so I yeah, think they're going to probably look away. But the threat of Mike, Marcus Mariota behind him as well. You know, they, they pay, I think he's the highest paid QB backup in the league, is he, Mariota? Yeah, yeah he is, yeah. So that is, in itself, right, is, is quite a, a big sort of noose hanging around his neck. But as you say, for me, in a redraft league, for sure, he's definitely a guy I think would definitely offer you good streaming value or you take him late on as your second QB for depth, definitely. Mm. Like, Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd like him as that, to be fair. He's got, he's going late enough, but it does it does kind of worry me with the performance of him, the uncertainty of I, mean, I know he's starting, but the uncertainty with Mariota is directly behind you, and he's come out and said he's quite happy to be a backup for Carr, but you know that's just what you say, isn't it? It doesn't you can't yeah. honestly mean that. <laughs> so get his chops. If he's the second highest paid backup, maybe he is happy with that. Maybe it's a good place to be. Why mess around? Yeah, I'm not a Mariota fan. I don't think he's very good at all, personally. But just my opinion. Right, last team then in the AFC West, we've got the uh, LA Chargers. So QBs, Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert. Running backs, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly. Wide receiver. (laughs) 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 If you've been following what's been happening on Twitter, you know why I'm laughing. But Keenan Allen... Yeah. Mike Williams, uh, Joe Reed, who they've added this year. Nobody else really of note at the receiver position. And then at tight end, you've got Hunter Henry. And again, Donald Parnham, Stephen Anderson, Virgil Green backing up. So nobody really of note uh, there. So h- how are you looking at Chargers players going into this season, especially with Tyrod possibly being or probably being the starter? Paul? Um, the only two I'm interested in are uh, Keenan Allen, who I, I would draft, and Hunter Henry, who, yeah, again, I'd quite happily draft. Um, just depends on a little bit on who's fallen to me on the way. Not Austin oh, Eckler? Actually, sorry, sorry, Eckler as well. Yeah, I suppose. I, I was going to say, yeah. Sorry, yeah. just... Um, Austin Eckler's the one for me, for sure. Um, and, yeah, actually, Eckler's probably the best one because he do not have to worry too much about his throwing the ball. But, um, you know, Keenan Allen, I know I, I've seen all his, his tweets recently, but he is a very talented wide receiver. He's still not that old. Yeah, he's kind of gone after the some of the best in the league, though, right? In Godwin, Hill, and Mike Evans. Well, so, if, you're, if you're going to call people out, do it properly and actually get their, their Twitter handles right. Yeah, he went off Goodwin, <laughs> Godwin. Chris Goodwin. Chris, Chris Goodwin. That's my yes. mother-in-law's name. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, as you say, right? Keenan Keen Allen is actually a very, very good wide receiver. I, I don't think he's in the same category. Not even in the AFC West, right? I'd take Tyreek Hill over him, but... Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the worry for me with him this year is obviously Justin Herbert, right? You know, you've got a rookie QB, um, obviously limited preseason, no preseason. You know, you're not going to get those reps in. You know, as much as people want to slate Phil Rivers, you know, he's, he's a fantastic QB. Mm. You know, can put up good numbers with his guys. And Keenan Allen sort of did very well with him. I just I can see him taking a bit of a dip this year with Herbert there. Um, Do you think Herbert's even going to play? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Well, I think, yeah, you say Tyra probably starts. Maybe Herbert takes over at some point. But either way, either of those guys, I can't see them being, this season at least, very productive for the wide receiving core in um, in L.A. So so if you recall, uh, uh, when, we, when we spoke about opponents, the Chargers have the easiest... Uh, opponents who they who they face with easiest defensive strength of schedule. I think they're ranked both in the air and on the ground. Um, does does that kind of play into it? And I think they also have a favorable playoff schedule as well. Those uh, the fantasy players wise. Well, so I, I was I was going to touch on that. I think Chargers are definitely a, a DST you might want to target because. I think that's going to be the strength of the team this year, especially as they're going through a transitional sort of QB uh, in offense. But you've got some of the best players in each position. You've got Derwin James, who you know has had a few injury issues, but if he can stay fit, really, really good player. You've also got um, is it Joey Bosa there as well. Uh, again, he's had a few injury nicks, but really, really talented player. You've got uh, Nick Vigil, uh, outside linebacker. Kenneth Murray, who we've discussed, excellent rookie you know, from Oklahoma, who's most likely going to be their middle linebacker as well. Um, unfortunately, they've got Chris Harris at corner, who was excellent for the Broncos. Absolutely love Chris Harris. Scutted that he's decided to go to the Chargers. And then, of course, you've also got the likes of Melvin Ingram, um, who had... Uh, had had a bit of bite there, so I think definitely look look at the strength of schedule for the Chargers and look at that DST, especially if you're one who just likes to get one of the better ones in round thirteen, fourteen, rather than streaming. I think Chargers will represent one of the better DSTs this year. And that said, actually, I think the Broncos will be pretty good too. The difficulty you're going to have with both of those teams is that they will have to play the Chiefs twice a year and the Chiefs are just capable of putting on monster scores so be prepared that you may have to hold them on the bench and when you only have five maybe six bench spots it's hard to hold the defense on the bench uh, that's one of the downsides of drafting a DST early but I, I do think Chargers represent good DST value this year good point um, so we'll go on to the FC West, where we've got the Seahawks, 49ers, the Cardinals, and the Rams. So first up, then, we'll start with the Rams. Um, appreciate they've gone through a lot of change this year. Uh, from a player pers perspective, they had issues with the cap, uh, which we discussed when we're talking about free agency. But just to talk about them. So at QB, you've got Jared Goff. Uh, backed up by what's the backup there? Uh, John Wolford, so nobody of note. Running back is an interesting one because you've got Cam Akers, 
Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. And then, of course, you've still got John Kelly from last season and the season before. Wide receivers, quite interesting, because you've got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds and Van Jefferson, a player we've discussed previously. And then tight end, you've got Tyler Higbee, Gerald Everett of note. So, Mo, I'll start with you this time. Any players you think you'll be targeting on the Rams' offense there? Honestly, I think I'm staying away from that entire offense, especially the running back, uh, based on where they're being drafted and that whole running back by committee they're going to create there. I think I'm staying away from all the running backs. Cam Akers does have the upside, but he's just going way too early for my liking. Um, I do like Cup's value, um, uh, Cup's, uh, and even Woods for that matter. I, mm. I, I still think it's still fairly early, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Cook's gone, definitely just props him up a little bit. Um, in a dynasty format, I mean, you you know, you got to like Van Jefferson um, and even Josh Reynolds, just, you know, a third wide receiver that may come up, may blow up, and even the tight end for that matter, Higby. But in a redraft league, um, I'm honestly just going to stay away from that because I don't know who's going to really do well. And I, maybe maybe one person, the only person I may consider going ahead and drafting would be Cup if he kind of falls to me a little bit. Yeah, Cup, Cup's the only one I'd want as well, actually. See, I actually really like the value of some of these guys. So I'm I'm big in on Jared Goff this year. Um, you know, I've said oh, it yeah, before, I think, you know, everyone's down on him from obviously the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and then last season. But, you know, the guy's still having the most attempts in the league last year. I just, I, I'm banking on Sean McVay to get it right. You know, you can see their offense was broken last year. Um, and I think, I think they'll fix it, you know. So... Jared Goff for me is a guy prime for a bounce back year. Um, Cooper Cup ADP is a half PPR. is going back end of the third, a little bit early for me. Whereas weirdly, Cam Akers I think is actually quite good value. Um, he's going ADP of seventy two, so that's the end of the sixth round. Hmm. I, I like the value. I actually like the value of Robert Woods um, as well. He's going as where were we? Um, He's going as the 22nd wide receiver and pick 52. So considering he had a really good couple of seasons now with Jared Goff, uh, yeah. I really like the value of Robert Woods. And yeah. if anything, Cooper Cup is the one who's been getting injured and you know less relied upon. And in fact, he's due a contract, so may not sign with the Rams. We know about their cap issues. Whereas I think Robert Woods... Uh, holds great value there in the sort of sixth round, middle of the sixth. I think I think that right. I think in um, as your wide receiver too, Robert Woods is you know um, is fantastic there. So if you can start your draft with a, you know, an elite running back and wide receiver, pick up a, a Zach Ertz or a Mark Andrews as your tight end in the in the third. You know, if you can somehow snag um, Mahomes or. Lamar Jackson in the fourth, and you end up with Robert Woods uh, in the fifth. That, that's a great start to your draft, right? Well, you know, you take another running back in, in round four, but yeah, def, definitely solid value there. Are you taking any of the other running backs, uh, Henderson or um, Brown, as late round flyers in case they get the nod? I'll take Daryl Henderson as a, as a late round guy, depending on where his ADP is going. I haven't even checked that, but. I think I think he might be streaming. I think he might be getting him on the full waiver wire. Honestly, yeah, I don't think you I don't think anyone's him. drafting him in a redraft league. I don't believe so. 
Yeah, I agree. Depends. I think if you're looking at a 12 team league, I think pe- people will, you know, especially if you if you're the Cam Akers owner as well, it, it makes sense to you know take take him. Uh, so maybe, maybe you have that thing where you can do like you suggested with the Chiefs. Yeah, um, ADP of 108. Yeah, uh, I, I like Henderson. I I do just have to remind myself, though, that when Henderson and Brown were both fit, it was Brown who kind of got the nod and the majority of the carries. When Gurley went down, they sort of lent on Brown. So I wouldn't sleep on Brown. I probably wouldn't draft him even in the 15th round, but I'd keep an eye out on him on waivers yeah. and try and follow what's happening you know, with, with the uh, Rams. And uh, what the rumor mill is in terms of the starting lineup and who who they put on the depth chart, where, etc. Well, actually, one person one person I'm not a fan of. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against Chigs here as golf. Um, I, I think if you look back on when he actually did when he actually played really well and threw those amazing numbers, he had Gurley and he had three elite wide receivers. Anytime one was injured, um, whether it be Cup, whether it be Cooks. Uh, uh, he he always struggled a little bit, and I I don't know I don't know what it is with that. And um, losing, you know, losing a running back to keep an eye on, the eye out for which I think last year not not many teams were concerned about it. You could see that I, I just don't think he he had that quarterback that, that 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 you know that sounding presence he had in the backfield where he can actually direct his throws exactly where he needed to go. And I'm actually I'm actually very um uh, bearish on on uh, golf this year. And probably for a while until he gets, you know, substantial additional, substantial more help uh, on that team offensively. The, the worry I have is actually the O line. The O line, yeah. I was going to say if, if, that, if defenses blitz them, then golf we saw can get flustered a bit. Yeah. To be fair, the problem you're going to have as well is if you look at that division as well, you've got probably some of the <laughs> best defenses in the league. He's facing right, right in the 49ers, the Seahawks. Even the Cardinals, you know, I wouldn't sleep on their defense either. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just banking on the fact that you know they've added. They've obviously they had a lot of pressing needs, and yet they still went and took Cam Akers in the second round, right? So that for me is, I think he's the guy they going to get. You know, that, that play action going with you know that Gurley gave them. The ability to make plays out of the backfield, you know, a bit of a safety blanket for Goff as well. I, I can see him ripping off, a, you know, those little dink and dunks and then ripping off a big, you know, 40, 50 yard run kind of thing. So I kind of Goff's going to be a top hope. 10 QB this year, you'd say? Sorry, a top 10? No. I, I, I'll give you top 15, Jigs. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take him at top 15 for right. sure. IDP 50, 50 fab? Yeah, done. <laughs> I'll get in on that as well. I'll go against Goff. So okay, so fifty to my fifty to Amir. He doesn't finish as a top fifteen QB, yeah. Top fifteen I, QB. I think he'd be just inside it personally, but um, it's, it's one bet I'm going to pass on. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that isn't like you at all, Paul. No, I re- I reckon he'd be about fourteen, but I really like him. I want him to do well. I just don't. I don't think he will. He was so bad in the Super Bowl and the season after it. But but this is the thing, right? If you look at it, a lot of those problems, right, was Todd Gurley related, right? You look at you look at how they run that offense, and as soon as people realize that Gurley wasn't 
you know the same threat or they weren't leaning on minutes as much yeah it really really changed the way they uh, defenses approached them right? and i know That's- like Bill Belichick really sort of game them properly in the Super Bowl but well, that's one thing I wouldn't take. I wouldn't want to take Gurley and um, Acres. Uh, Gurley, sorry. I wouldn't want to take um, Goff and Acres because I think they are weirdly linked. I think it's Acres, Acres does well because the other two I don't think are strong enough. If Acres suddenly steps up later, I think you're right. Goff could. It gives Goff a lot more options. Actually, it opens up his game. But I, do, I kind of don't want to end up with both of them because then you're, you know, they're both going to kind of fall together I think I don't think if Acres is good I think it really helps Goff the, the other thing to uh, to Mo's point about the, the three elite wide receivers you know and he struggled without them for me and we haven't really talked about it but a guy that I'm really high on as well is Tyler Higby so I can see him getting a lot of those um, looks as well so you'll be running sets with Cup um, Higby and Woods and you've still got Gerald Everett there as well so they've still got Guys to throw to, um, so I think I think Higby's a kind of uh, tight end that I'd be uh, targeting, you know, in my drafts. Yeah, understood. Okay, so we'll move on then to the Seahawks. Then, so next up, we've got Russell Wilson at QB. Uh, running backs, you've got quite a few here: Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas. Uh, wide receivers, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Philip Dorsett, who was actually strangely productive for a while at the Patriots. There's also David Moore, who I think many people have uh, once upon a time picked up from the waivers. And then Titan, quite an interesting bunch here. You've got Greg Olson, Will Disley, Jacob Hollister, uh, and then you've got a few others, probably nobody of any note there. So any players that scream out at you as you know, being good value there or players you might be targeting in redraft? Uh, I would say, uh, if anything, um, I mean, Metcalf, but I'm not a big fan of the IDP. Uh, where, 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 sorry, not IDP, it's ADP, uh, where he's falling. He's being drafted way too early for my liking. I think the value you're getting is in Lockett in redraft leagues. Yeah. He was one of the guys that we discussed, and I think he's going to be an absolute one of those steals, stealing steal wide receivers that you get later round in the later rounds. Yeah, completely agree. You know, they're they're going at pretty much the same same spot in a, in a redraft league for me. Tyler Lockett is, as you say, that kind of that guy you can pick up mm. who could carry you to a championship. You know, without value. Um, obviously, Russell Wilson. You know, guys that are saying you know he's always going to put up good numbers, just the way way he is. Fantastic. The running back situation really scares me there. He always has, always will. Just the way <laughs> yeah. what Pete Carroll does over there. And, you know, um, I mean, Chris Carson, I think, will actually offer good value when he um, is he he's well, not due to start the season on pop or not? Yes. Uh, Rashad Penny definitely Penny on pop or maybe even IR. Chris Carson is very touch and go. And that's why I was going to say, if I'm drafting Carson, I probably want to take Carlos Hyde as well. Yeah. Because Pete Carroll doesn't tend to use much of a committee system there. He does like to give the ball to his hot hand almost. And I think Carlos Hyde holds good value this year. Because if, um, and that's why I took him in the IDP league. Very late, of course. But I think he's going to give you RB1 
eight weeks this week. Uh, certainly, um, you know, mid to early RB2 weeks, if he gets the opportunity. I think Carson, last few years, has had a bit of injury problem. And I, I really like Chris Carson. I've, I've had him in so, so many leagues. Big fan of him as a running back. Uh, great player, but, uh, you know, he's had issues with fumbling over the last few years. He's had issues with injury. And I just think if you're taking Carson, you probably want to take Hyde as well. That that's my view on it. Yeah, I agree. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, one person I will not be taking is Disley. I think an Achilles heel injury is is not the best. Uh, if you take Olsen, I think you should take Hollister. Oh, well, actually, you don't even. You can wait. You can, you can actually. I'm I'm thinking more in a dynasty format. Um, Olsen, his foot still scares me. Uh, I think he's going to be the tight end. Uh, you you, sh- you should be able to get him pretty late. I do like his value, um, but you know th- that foot injury. You know one misstep and he is pretty much done for the season. And um, in which case, I think Hollister is going to step up. Uh, what any, about Willie Disley? I, I don't like a, any any player coming back from a Achilles injury. Any NFL football player. Right. I don't know of anyone that stands out to me that has come back in great shape a format after an Achilles injury. That's that's pretty serious. Adrian Peterson. Did he have an Achilles or an ACL? Oh, I'm not sure. He, he had he had an ACL. I don't I don't, I don't right. believe he had, he has he's had an Achilles injury. Mo, so, I usually see this in the defensive players, and even defensive players don't go don't come back, you know, and come up come back up to par. Question on DST then: Seahawks just traded two first rounders for Jamal Adams. <laughs> They've of course got you know likes of Bobby Wagner there and. Um, KJ Wright as well. So we've talked about the value of the linebackers there, but we we know Pete Carroll likes a good defense. Is that somebody you're targeting a DST there? I'm just not sold on their pass rush. You know, in, yeah. a, in leagues where you get values from sacks, you know, if you look at I don't know who it was, but their their sack leader last year, uh, it wasn't wasn't good. I think four or five sacks. Wow. Okay. Um, See. So uh, Clowney is still kind of up in the air as to what's happening with him. You know, Very unlikely he'll go to the Seahawks now. Now that they've traded for Adams and they'll have yeah. to pay him. Exactly. So I think, I think the problem you've got is I think their secondary is excellent. Mm. But I don't think they give you enough of those big splash plays. You know, that, yeah, those points that you rack up from the sacks and QB hits and stuff. I think I think you lack that from the Seahawks. That's why they've just slipped down from that elite status for me. As a DST. Okay. That was interesting. So we move on then. Um, second to last team then. We've got the San Francisco 49ers. So QB, Jimmy Garoppolo, running backs. <laughs> a lot of players here. You've got Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson Jr. A couple of rookies that they picked up in free agency. Jermichael Hasty and Salvan Ahmed. Wide receivers, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne. Debo Samuel, who we know is likely to start the season on the pup, you'd think. Jalen Hurd, who was out all last season, could be coming back. You, quite a few receivers here. You've got Richie James, you know, Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis, and nobody really of note that's done anything in the receiving game. So we'll touch on those. And then, of course, arguably the best in the game at tight end in George Kittle. Um, so that's the uh, 49ers. So Chiggs. Any players you're targeting from the 49ers? Um, as you say, Kit- Kittle is obviously the the main guy. The offense runs through through him. Um, 
the running back situation is interesting because I actually quite like the value of someone um, like a Raheem Meister and a Tevin Coleman. I don't think you don't think you're going to take both. You know, it's not that strategy where we talked about Damian Williams and Ceh. I don't think you're really going to do that with these guys. But you know, if you can get the right one, and this is the problem, I don't know which one the right one is. Right now, I'm leaning towards Meister. Um, but you know, in that offense with Carl Shanahan, you know, produce good numbers. So, I mean, I'll probably I'll probably be taking most of, if I give you know, I think where's his ADP around sort of round six, round seven. Yeah, uh, yeah. sixty-three. So early in the, the what, yeah, early in the sixth is going. So you know, if I'm taking as my RB two. And then if he doesn't pan out, you know, I can find someone on waivers. There'll be someone that's all, you know, that can, can pick up. Obviously, Debo's out. And any of the receivers Debo. that you think might be worth targeting? Uh, anyone Sleep. who could step up? Sleeper-wise for me is Trent Taylor. He's a guy I really like. In, in the dynasty format, he's a kind of guy I like to sort of sneakily pick up. Mm. You know, he, he, he played well in the slot. Um, a couple of years ago, obviously, unfortunately, got injured last year, so he didn't really make that sort of next step up. But I think they really like him. You know, if he can get his roster spot, I think he could be quite interesting. J- Jalen Hurd's an interesting one, but just haven't seen enough of him to, you know, I think he's a guy you can probably pick up on waivers if he, you know, if he starts. Just keep an eye on him. But I think he's got an interesting skill set. Mm. It's just how do they use him, you know? These hybrid players don't always translate well. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Outside of Debo, I can't see anyone really drafting. Maybe I, uh, even in a keeper, possibly IU. But um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I, I do like Bourne as a sleeper as well. He's actually got some chemistry with uh, Garoppolo from last year. He's, he's he's quietly done decent things. But again, I don't think anyone you would draft. Keep out on the waiver wire. See who see who um, uh, comes out to be one of the, you know one of one of Garoppolo's top favorite wide targets and. Kind of go from there. See the uh, the probably the, the player that I'm targeting on the 49 is is their DST. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Where where do you think where do they rank for you in terms of DSTs then? They're they're, they're my number one DST. I think I it's hard to disagree with that, especially now that the um, I mean some people may have said the Patriots, but we discussed that a lot of their defensive players yeah. are pulling out. Um, exactly. I actually quite like the Steelers for this season. I mean, Bears, of course, have added good defensive talent there. But yeah, 49ers are probably number yeah. one. I, I just feel like, yeah, this, the standout, just the, the talent across the board. Mm. You know, they've obviously built that uh, that defensive line, you know, with, with a multiple first-round picks. Uh, and, you know, and it showed last year and they run to the Super Bowl. So I think... Um, yeah. Yeah, really, really. Even if you ever get past them, you've still got good players like Fred Warner to deal with there. You know, yeah, so Quan Alexander, yeah, Richard yeah. in the in the secondary. So you know, like they've they've got they've got a solid solid defense. You know, and that's that's what they're going to do again. So <clears throat> okay, uh, so last then but not least, we've got the Arizona Cardinals, of course involved in the most talk about trade of all of preseason. So you got Kyler Murray at QB. Uh, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, and Eno Benjamin at running back. Uh, wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, and Keyshawn Johnson. And then at tight ends, you've got Dan Arnold, Max Williams, 
Daryl Daniels, and Dylan Contrell. So not much of note there at tight end, you'd argue. But uh, just going through those players and looking at things like ADP, any players you like the value of who you'd like to target or even you might want to reach for on, on, on that team? I'm going Drake. Kenyon Drake, for sure. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've said it before, but you want a piece of that that backfield. Just the numbers, you know, every... I'm pretty sure they put up RB1 numbers every week. You plugged in a guy in there, started off as David Johnson and Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake came in. They all balled out. Yeah, Kenyon Drake's the guy I want, for sure. And then from the receivers, of course, you've got new Copkins there. But does anybody else... Are you tempted by anyone else? Somebody like Christian Kirk, Larry Fitz, of course, the, you know, never Christian seems to Christian Kirk is, for me, sneakily good value. You know, he's going at ADP of 103. Mm. You know, very talented guy. Now he's got Nuke taking away coverage on the other side. See, Larry Fitzgerald, one of the best to ever play um, there as well. But for me, Kirk settles into that number two role quite nicely. I think he's going to get... He's going to get open more because the other guy's taking coverage away from him. I, I totally agree with that. Look, look at Fuller's numbers, and that, I mean, I, I think Kirk's a very sneaky pick. I agree. I mean, if you're looking at, I mean, we'll, we'll probably do like a, another episode about like late round guys to pick up, but you know, you've got in this range Christian Kirk, Brandon Cooks. You know, those, those are two wide receivers that I want to, you know, and Emmanuel Sanders is down there. So, these are guys that you want to be walking away from your draft with mm. because, you know, you're picking them up late, but, you know, definitely Brandon Cooks, obviously the number one wide receiver in his team, but, you know, the amount that the Cardinals throw the ball, as we've talked about, Kirk's going to get his numbers, I think. Yeah, I, I like Christian Kirk for this yeah. year. I think Andy Isabella is a bit of a sleeper. Um, you know, that he has got second round draft capital, I wouldn't rule him out just yet. I think he's a player that could. One player I don't think gets enough love um, ever is Dan Arnold. And if you look at his <laughs> numbers once he joined the Cardinals, he actually put up good numbers. I think he was tight and won most weeks that he played, you know, in the in the final stretch, sort of 5-6. I think if you're sort of player, you're the last one to take a tight end or you're playing the streaming game, I'm not necessarily saying you should be drafting Dan Arnold but I think look out for him as a streamer look out for matchups um because he did he did get his you know he did get uh decent uh decent um attention is the word I was looking for from Kyler and of course you know they've added Nuke Copkins so it's not not necessarily a huge thing but um no he had a couple of good games there um you know he had eight receptions a couple of touchdowns 127 yards, but he only played in the uh, three, four games really towards the back end. So just just someone to keep an eye out on, I'd say. I mean, that's the thing. Like people are always looking out for tight ends to stream, or you know, someone that they think can they can plug in. Like you know, like what um, Darren Waller was last year, right? You pick him up, and actually turns out to be pretty pretty good. So um, yeah, sneaky sneaky value there as well. And obviously, Kyler Murray. I think uh, is a QB. You know, if you can get him, I think he's going to have a very good year. Yeah. So yeah, no, I like I like the offense. I think you know you want you want you want some exposure to that. Cool. All right. Well, that was the West. We'll do another 
direction of the compass next week and the two divisions there. Jigs, uh, good luck on the draft. Um, you yeah. too. Don't be, uh, don't be too in awe of me as the champion or anything. <laughs> but no, um, yep, looking forward to the first of the drafts and uh, breaking down the rest of the divisions. So we'll catch up with you again next week. But for now, that's me signing out, Chigs. See you guys. And uh, Mo, look forward to sharing uh, a Blantons with you over the weekend. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Yep. And Mo. Yeah, I giddy up. <laughs> Take care.